What is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode. I uh, hope you all listening had a great Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, with me today, I have J.D. and Shane Wyatt. And it's only fitting that you guys are here today due to Penn State's upcoming bowl game against Ole Miss. Have a chance to make history here. Um, could be the first program in uh, college football history to win all six uh, New Year's Six Bowl games. And this will also be their, what, first time playing Ole Miss in program history as well. Um, but before we get into the actual game itself, Penn State has hired a couple new coordinators. Um, first off, they hired... Uh, the OC from Kansas, Andy uh, uh, Nicky. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, right? Let's just call him AK for now. AK, okay. Well, that's, yeah. That works with me. Pronunciation isn't a lot of people strong suit. His <laughs> last name's one you don't want to go after. Yeah. And then uh, DC, the hired, a uh, former Indiana head coach, um, Tom Allen. Uh, so what did you guys think of these new hires? Um. AK was the surprise hire, but after kind of looking at, you know, what he's been able to do at Kansas and other programs he was a part of, I think he was kind of a right guy to bring into this program. Mm -hmm. He's really a player's coach, so he has that RPO system that he likes to run. Penn State has been trying to run the RPO. I mean, they, they've succeeded at it as well, but, you know, James Franklin has that RPO identity and bringing a guy in that's actually going to work with the talent he got to make sure that's kind of a successful union for the team. I think it's going to be exciting here. Mm -hmm. Just to see, you know, how he's able to advance a lore and coming into 2024 season. What about you, Shane? Well, I think I looked at it like Brandon said. This guy got offensive coordinator of the year this past year. I've looked at some of the teams. I think if you check, not 100% sure, but like teams they played this past year, West Virginia and Indiana. So just go in and look at the yards they put up versus Penn State in them same games. Uh, I watched some film. Pretty exciting. He he uh, has a lot of motion. Uh, he'll flow one way, go back the other way. I saw sets where he had both quarterbacks, mm -hmm. not where he puts the regular quarterback against the, the sideline marker. He had them both in the backfield. So it was exciting if you look at some of the the uh, philosophy this guy's going to bring. Uh, separation is one thing this year we struggled with our wideouts. Mm -hmm. But if you watch his motion game and what he does, he gets the ball on a swing pass before a lot of times the defensive people are out of their set. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. I think, you know, James, this James Franklin does a great job of accessing uh, coaching talent. Now, we didn't have that with the last guy, but the offensive coordinator. But look what he's done with Manny. Uh, you know, he's brought in Moorhead. All these guys are getting head jobs, mm -hmm. you know. So that speaks a lot for what I think his philosophy is trying to assess some good coaching talent. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of encouraging that, you know, although we've said on the show time and time again how they can't win the big games, they are at least a top-tier program where they can bring in big names, you know, like Tom Allen um, to fill in for a guy like Manny Diaz. And that's been going on throughout the year. So that is a, a bright spot on James Franklin's tenure. Now, one – Like Diaz, I've read also, Tony, uh, Tom Allen has a $17 million payout from Indiana. So Diaz had a similar, like, $15 million coming from Miami. 
So Allen will come to State College with IUO in 17. So he's not hurting for money. Let's just no, say that. No. <laughs> now here's a real interesting stat. So all throughout the year, you know, you just touched on it, Shane, how Penn State, they won an explosive offense, especially in the passing game. But Kansas last year was ranked number two in the nation in yards per pass at 10.1. Um, so you're kind of hoping, you know, with that stat right there, what he'd be able to do with a team like Kansas, hopefully, if, you know, better players and hopefully a better quarterback, you know, they can produce some numbers next year on offense. Yeah, and especially, you know, Penn State predominantly over the last five, well, ever since Franklin's got there, you know, they've had top 10 recruiting classes pretty much every year, mm-hmm. at least top 15 and, you know, overall. So you're right. I think him having better athletes to coach with, I think the offense will be much more dynamic. Um, obviously, you know, it doesn't matter, though, until we see how they play against Ohio State and how they play against Michigan. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, we at least see an improvement from Urich last year in both those get well, in the one game against Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, just pretty exciting. Now, Tom Allen, that hire was a little bit of a question mark for me. I, I don't see the appeal that other people might see in him. Yeah. Um, I know he's a Big Ten guy. I think the main reason why – Penn State really went after him is because he has good ability to recruit out of the state of Florida, mm-hmm. being okay. a Florida native. Um, Penix, Michael Penix, that's where he's from, mm-hmm. and he was able to get him to come to Indiana. So, and we see Penix now. I mean, was in the running for Heisman Trophy. Um, obviously, you know he didn't win it, but um, went over to Washington. And now they're playing in a college football playoff game. And Penix, honestly, you know he did good for Penn State. He beat um, beat us in the 2020 season when. You know, they score a touchdown. But overall, though, if you look the last 20 years, Indiana really hasn't been much of a contest for Penn State. And, you know, Tom Allen's kind of been at the helm of that team for, mm-hmm. I don't even know, how long has Tom Allen been the Since coach? 2017. I was going to say, he's been there for at least, you know, five years. So. Two, two winning records under his um, head coaching tenure at Indiana. 2019, they went 8-5. and five. Then 2020, the COVID year, um, they went 6-2, and two, uh, lost um, – Every one of his bowl games while he was head coach there. I'm kind of like you, J.D. Really didn't expect that. It was kind of like a right field hire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not too enthused about it, like you said. Um, but Penn State has talent on defense. I know they're losing a ton this year to the draft. Um, but he, he is, you know, a tenured guy. He has experience. Um, he's been a D.C. since 96 uh, was his first year. I think it was with Drake, Drake College. Um, so he's been around the block a lot. It's one of those things you have to wait and see. What I'm curious, though, is with uh, the new OC, AK, as we're going to call him here today, uh, how he's going to develop Aller. Like, can can that guy as an OC take Aller to that next tier to where, you know, he can carry us maybe to a, um, a college football playoff win next year if them being 12 teams in the playoff? Yeah, I just don't personally think there needs to be more, much more development with Drew Lar. I mean, I think if you get the right guy running the right system, calling the right calls, mm-hmm. and making Alar's life easier, he's going to look unbelievable i mean he's already named a preseason heisman favorite so yeah um i mean at least on the watch list so i really think it's just getting more consistency and um you know getting more of an identity in offense because through the first couple games this year we didn't really have that big of an identity our run game wasn't that great Mm -hmm. and our passing game you know we all griped the whole year why don't we throw the ball down the field why don't we throw that ball down the field you know it took till we played Rutgers and michigan state to actually do those types of things and I thought Alar played excellent against Michigan State. I mean, holy crap. Oh, that was a coming out party there. Exactly. And I feel personally, you know, if we get a guy that can play to Alar's strengths and, um, you know, get an offense and a consistent 
rhythm with good running, set up play action passes, mixing some screens here and there. I mean, I think, you know, we're going to kind of maybe see a vice versa next season where our offense is probably a top 10 offense. Maybe the defense, I don't know if they stay top 10. I mean, they're good defense. Don't get me wrong. You said we're going to lose guys, but I think Will they be elite? Well, I think they'll stay elite, Tony. I don't think they'll be the number one defense in the country. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think there's a real, you know, kind of nice duality that we'll see next year with maybe the offense taking over as the better part of the team. Yeah. With still a solid top 10 defense. Because, I mean, that's really what we were missing this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we play good de we play good offense in Michigan or um, Ohio State. I mean, this is a mm -hmm. different season. I mean, you know, the committee had a tough time deciding teams this year. Imagine if Penn State was able to go one and one against Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. How would that have made the conversation then with, you know, especially since the fact still could have happened, you know, if we would have lost Ohio State but beat Michigan and then Michigan beat Ohio State, each team having one loss, it's, you know, you got that 2017-2016 year where it's like, well, who gets in, you know. And Penn State would have got in based on, like, based their on the non divisional rec record. Non-divisional record. So, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, you know, probably two quarters away from potentially playing a college football playoff this year. And hopefully yeah. the new OC can develop an identity early enough in the season to where when we get in these big games, it's not Drew Lar shitting his pants, yeah. you know, trying to throw the 10th unsuccessful one stick, you know, one step stick screen to a wide mm -hmm. receiver or, you know, just running to a nine man box. So I'm excited for that. Definitely. So I misspoke Tony with my mind thinking IU. Mm -hmm. The like team they played was Illinois. Penn State won 30-13. We had 383 yards, 219, uh, with Drew, Drew and Potsy throwing. Mm -hmm. Drew a touchdown pass that game. We had 164 yards rushing. So we had 383, but uh, Kansas played them, uh, beat them 34-23. And they put up 583 yards against Illinois. And the breakdown in that game, if you look at it, uh, in the box score, 34-23. And uh, they put 277 yards passing, and they rushed for 262. And the other night, Kansas won their uh, bowl game. They uh, beat UNLV 49-36, and they threw for over 400 yards. The quarterback threw six touchdowns, three interceptions. Damn. Six touchdowns, three interceptions. And that was a different quarterback that played against Illinois. Like I said, they, this guy, he really puts a lot of motion on the field. Mm -hmm. He swings it quick. Yeah, the guy had 200, uh, the guy the other night, Bean was his name, threw for 449, 19 of 28. So do the math, 19 completions. They were putting some passes down the field. I was about to say, um, as far as passing uh, rankings where they were last year, Kansas, yards per play, they ranked number six in the nation at seven yards per play. Uh, they were 10th in rushing yards uh, per play at 5.3, number 10. And then rushing yards a game, they were number 10 with 202.8. So it seems like it's a very well-balanced offense, but an explosive offense. Yeah. L listen to this. This is the telling fact. That game, 449 in their bowl game passing, 142 rushing. But listen to this, explosive pass plays. Uh, 
one receiver had four receptions, 160. His long pass was 60. Another guy had six for 132. His long pass play was 56. Oh. Another guy had two for 80. So he had a 44. Do the math. His other one would have been 36. Mm-hmm. Another guy had a 20-yard long uh, reception and 23. That's something we didn't see last year. Not at all. So, well, until the last game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited on that pick, uh, uh, AK. Uh, if you read about Tom Allen, the players love him. I mean, I have uh, heard that. I've, I've... I heard he's bringing a lot of mojo. Uh, he gets them psyched up. I've been reading it. And you bring in another guy with coaching, head, head coaching experience. That can really help uh, James Franklin a lot down the road. Yeah. Uh, having somebody in the locker room like he had with Manny. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think I think next year we're stronger uh, all around. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with Manny, but let's give Tom Allen a chance at it. Yeah. So. Kind of one of those wait and see deals. Yeah. Um, now, I am pretty impressed. Now, I've heard sometimes when DCs or OCs leave, they'll take a couple coaches with them. Manny Diaz wasn't able to take one Penn State assistant coach with him uh, to what? Uh, Kentucky? That's Duke. Uh, Duke, yeah. Duke. They didn't take one uh, assistant coach at Penn State to Duke with him. So that's always a good sign that at least, you know, their assistant coaches and some of their lesser coaches, like special teams, linebackers coach, DB coach, whatever, they elected to stay at Penn State, which is a very good sign. Because um, then Moorhead, when he left, didn't he take a couple offensive coaches with them back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of those defensive coaches, you know, have been with the program for at least a couple mm-hmm. years. So, I mean, if it was guys he brought in, I could see him trying to do something like that. But, you know, him kind of just getting a job at Duke, you know, I didn't really see him having any other big guys. I, I think AK was with the Kansas coach for, if you research, 10 or 11 years. Oh, wow. So he was with that guy for – for Franklin to go in and get this guy, you know, somebody can say it's a lateral move, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to argue with the Kansas fans out there, Kansas to Penn State. Mm-hmm. It's still offensive coordinator. But if you research the history, he was with that guy over the years, okay. 10 or 11 years, wow. from the Division three days. Oh, okay. Um, now, recruiting, I know they had National Signing Day, what was it, last week? And the no things for Penn State, they were a couple offensive linemen. I think they didn't have one five-star, but they had a crap ton of four-star players, including a lot of offensive linemen. What did you think of their uh, recruiting class for next year? I I think they're, what, 12th overall? They right just now? missed out the, uh, the top 10. I think uh, they're, they're 11th or 12th. Okay, I, I thought I would see in that. But, uh, yeah, I think they did very well. They got a five-star out of, I believe, Connecticut, a tight end that has good reviews. Uh, you know, with Warren coming back, they, I think their tight end is, uh, room is pretty good. They have that guy, number 16, that, you know, scored a couple touchdowns, you know, this past year. So, mm-hmm. overall, I think they did good. They got that one athlete that uh, two good running backs, uh, but they think the one guy here in Pennsylvania probably will play slot and get him on the field. So, I think we did very well. I give us at least an A. I'm not saying A plus, but so what about the a. wide receiver room? Something we lacked last year. You think? I mean, did they get anybody? We, we have to go for the transfer portal in order to get a good wide receiver for next year. What's... Well, I think you're going to hear a, a uh, announcement this week uh, to our rival to the uh, West. 
uh, Mr. Julian Fleming. I think he I've heard that rumor. Well, he got a new toy last week, and uh, it's a Dodge Ram truck over a hundred thousand. And the sticker on it says Blaze Alexander, who's a big, big sponsor of Penn State. Actually, we spent some time at one of the dealerships this week. JD got a nice little Toyota Tacoma, and today we went out and bought two more company vehicles. And supposedly the general manager uh, down east, Fleming went to Southern Columbia, and the one general manager of the one facility down there played high school football to, with them. So I think with the NIL money, I'm going to go on the hook here and say, we're going to have uh, Julian Fleming as a Nittany Lion. Now, he didn't produce big, big numbers at Ohio State. Uh, he was a five-star. But look at the crowd he played in. All the vibes I get, they said he's very good in the locker room. Okay. okay. He's a true leader. So we get him in next year. Cephas another year. Wallace is back. So I think the one that who was the the top running back out of Pennsylvania we got last week. They're gonna make him a receiver. Okay. So uh, I'll look up his name. I can't remember, but we're gonna be better, Tony. It's gonna be interesting <laughs> to watch the blue white game in April when all of those new guys come in. And maybe a Julian Fleming, if he does, if it is confirmed that he's coming in. Really interested to see um, what their schemes and stuff like that are, are going to play out during that game. And then hopefully come next September, we'll see it in full force. Um, but moving on here to the uh, Ole Miss-Penn uh, State game here coming up this Saturday, the Peach Bowl. Uh, I like Penn State just because they have all but one starter still playing. Chop Robinson opted out. Other than that, they have a couple undecided like Alu Fashanu, but most of the guys who are projected to go to the draft, they want to play, which is very encouraging. Yeah, Fashanu and I think Kalen King are really the two still on the fence, but apparently they were full practice participants yesterday. So I'd like to think by now, if you haven't opted out, you're going to play. Yeah, and I mean, you don't go travel with the team and have a full practice with them. Like, mm -hmm. I understand if you want to stay in football shape and stuff like that, but I mean, you don't travel with a team exactly. to their bowl location and practice with them and then... You know, come Friday, say, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. You know, I'm going to just say, hey, I'm going to opt out of this bowl. And, you know, Franklin's – and he said this in interviews this year as well. Um, the identity of the team is, you know, finish out, finish strong. Mm -hmm. And you think about teams in the past. I mean, Saquon didn't opt out of the Rose Bowl. He played, and he ended up being a top three pick. So, yeah. I mean, if guys like him – I now, Chop Robinson, I think he's a little bit different. One, I think Chop Robinson on almost every draft – board i've seen has been an undisputed top 10 pick mm -hmm. regardless you know if he's gone in the top five or all the way up to 10 so I, I mean almost every mock draft i've seen him being a top 10 pick um he did get injured he got banged up this year um i and like i said i don't think he's really needs to take the risk no. to come out and play especially if he does get hurt again but like the other guys who played the whole year healthy i mean what's one more game like i yeah. understand you know, the stigmatism behind it being, oh, if you get hurt, you're going to screw yourself out of a lot of potential money. I would say with Chop, and I mean, all the really draft uh, boards I've been reading, it's they have Chop, they have Foshu, and they have uh, Kalen King. All three of them are going to be first-round picks. I mean, easily. Number one. I don't know if he'll end up being number one. It depends who's going to have that number one spot, because who is it right now? Is it Carolina? The, 
Yeah, Carolina. Carolina might be the only team I see just because of Bryce Young. And I mean, I can't. You can't put this season on Bryce Young out in Carolina just because they're a terrible organization. Um, you got to give them another chance. I don't see them taking quarterback number one. I see them possibly even maybe trading their pick away. Yeah. But I mean, we've talked about this multiple times in the podcast. It's a pretty deep draft class at all positions. So, yeah. I mean, even who who's the first team that comes up that needs a quarterback? Other. I mean, the Patriots and Giants are really the only two teams I think of right now that, you know, they need a quarterback. So, and do you see Bill, if he's still with the Patriots, do you see Bill Belichick wanting them to go up maybe from the fourth pick to the first pick just to get a quarterback, especially with the talent of the class? I just, I don't see that being a thing. I mean, they took a shot on Mac Jones. Obviously that hasn't worked out for him. Maybe if that was a 20th, Big first round draft pick. That wasn't a top five situation. Exactly. They're going to be in a top five situation pick here. Same with the Giants. So, and I think, you know, of the top three guys that, you know, everyone has on their board quarterback wise, I think any of them has a good shot to be a long term starter within the NFL. So, um, yeah, I just, I think it's going to be interesting. But like you said, you know, a lot of Penn State guys not opting out. It's always a good thing. I don't think Old Miss has that many opt outs. I think one, go- one defensive end might have opt out or a D lineman. Mm-hmm. One of their better guys, but um, yeah, it's going to be nice because you know we and also we talked about this when they first announced the matchup. You know, this is kind of a matchup that we feel is you know we got the third best SEC team, we got the third best Big Ten team. Yep. Let's put them on a the field. Let's see who's the best team. Um, you know, Old Miss is right there, especially since they've gotten Lane. Penn State's kind of always been there since mm-hmm. we've had Franklin, so it'll be interesting to see. Also, I think another uh, cool stat not a lot of people are talking about, if Franklin's able to win this game, this will be his fifth 11-win season in his 10 years at Penn State, which that's pretty impressive stat on his own. I know everyone gripes, oh, we can't get to the big game, but... I will admit that is pretty impressive. Only a handful of programs in all college football can say that they've done that. I can name Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Other than the perennials. The 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 elite teams that have just been good since the turn of this millennia. Yep. I mean, for Franklin to coach 10 years and say, hey, five out of my 10 years, I've had 11 wins. I mean. And it's been consistent the past six or seven years. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he really, other than maybe the first two years after they brought him in until Trace was like a full year in. I mean, the teams haven't Mm -hmm. been bad since then. So, yeah, I think it's a good matchup. I think it's a positive matchup. Uh, I saw the line. What was the line? Three and a half? For Penn and a half. State? It moved to four and a half. Okay, because I know it opened to three and a half, so moved another point in Penn State's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what another cool facet of this matchup is as well, I mean, next year, this is a potential first-round you know, college football playoff matchup. I mean, yeah. you think about next year, we could see this matchup potentially again next year. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's the first time we played Old Miss, which I find that crazy to believe. We I haven't know, played right? Old Miss. You know, you talk about well, well, well-rounded school. I mean, Old Miss has had good teams. I mean, Eli's was there. Mike Orr, one of the best linemen in the history of the NFL. Blindside. I'm just kidding on that. But um, Arch too. Cooper Manning. I mean, yeah. all. With that say, who do you think Chad Pyre is going to pull for this this matchup come high noon Saturday? He, I don't think there's no world where he's not rooting for old exactly i think eli will root for old miss but you have to think chad powers oh chad chad powers is 100 percent on penn state yes eli might be on the rebel side i think it would be funny (laughs) if they had a camera on eli and like during the game he's just in his normal grub Mm -hmm. and then maybe penn state has the lead at halftime come halftime chad powers is sitting yeah that would be cool you know you know 
they're going to play that. Um, Eli will be there. I actually bought a Chad Powers jersey. I'll be supporting it. Uh, <laughs> I have a Chad Mer- Powers shirt. We yeah, need to, I got the jersey. We nice. need to, Powers in the back. We need to Even see though if... it's a white out, Tony. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my white uh, peach bull Nike shirt underneath, but I'm going to support the Chad Powers number 200 uh, jersey Saturday. Love it. In the Mercedes-Benz. Big fast, big fast. Big fast, <laughs> I think it'd be cool if we could go to maybe if he did like an autograph signing session or something, you go get him to sign the Chad Powers yeah. jersey and tell him I don't want Eli Manning's autograph. I want <laughs> I Chad want Powers. Chad Powers. Autograph. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's gonna be uh no, you, I read an article just today. Uh Penn State hasn't had a lot of players out opt out in bowl games in January. Well then that's always And I don't blame Chop. He had the concussion this yeah. year. And you know, he may not be still 100%, you know, that he's had a concussion or not. So, but, yeah, I'm excited, you know. It, it's, uh, I think it'll be a great game, defense. And, you know, something else I was thinking, with this whole ACC, it may fall apart. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see Duke possibly with their academics join the Big Ten. So Manny could be back in the Big Ten. Who knows? That's true. We, we want some of that TV revenue from the South. So, you know, whether we go to that Carolina market, the Atlanta market, or the Florida market, I could see, you know, us recruiting some of them ACC teams, Clemson, uh, Duke, Florida State, or others out of the metro Atlanta area, Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. maybe to the Big Ten. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see. Get Manny back. That would be good to have him back in the Big Ten. Yeah, it would. I was about to say, there's always a debate between who's the best conference in the country, and unanimously by the national media, it's always the SEC, SEC. I just feel like every year they're top-loaded with Georgia and Alabama as of recent, and then years prior it's been Alabama, Florida, and so on and so on. But from top to bottom, um, you know, the SEC I feel like isn't that much of a difference in the Big Ten, and this game right here is going to prove a lot between, all right, which conference is the better conference? Big Ten or the SEC. So not only is this just a game for, you know, Penn State, you know, wants to win, but, you know, a little, little bit bigger prize is, you know, who's the better conference, Big Ten or SEC. So that has some implications in it too. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you can tell with where TV revenue has been going the last two years, it's Big Ten and SEC. So, yep. you know, they're both the power conferences right now. Obviously the Big Ten pretty much dissolved the whole Pac, you know, Pac-12, essentially. I mean, yeah. taking their – best teams out of it to have them join the Big Ten, which I think that's going to be awesome. Obviously, you know, we're going to get more competitive football games with better teams. It's not going to be like Penn State having to play fucking Northwestern, you know, every Mm -hmm. year and just going to shit on them unless, you know, one year when they have their fluke team. But it'll be nice seeing these teams that, you know, over the last 10 years have been pretty pretty big powerhouses. I mean, Oregon has never really been a slouch since the 2000s, since Dennis Dixon was there. Um, I know they haven't won a national championship in that time frame, but still they've been a top team over the last 20, 25 years. Washington within the last 10 years has risen to kind of a powerhouse. UCLA just with the name, um, and obviously you know USC has just always been one of the top college football programs out there. So it's going to be nice. And like you said, Tony, I think this game does have a lot of merit as far as, hey, what's conference is better, you know, Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Or is it the SEC? So, and we're going to get to see a great matchup. And same with Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State, they have Mizzou, don't they? And yeah. Their bowl game. So, Mizzou was one of those other teams, too, that was kind of on the cusp of are they in, are they out? Mm-hmm. So, it'll be nice to see all that for sure. What's insane this year, you talk about the different con- conferences. 
But if you look at total defense right now, mm -hmm. this is insane. We have four, uh, four in the top five in the Big Ten. Penn State's number one with 223.2 yards per game. Michigan's number two with 239.7. Ohio State's 259.9 at three. Ohio, out of the MAC, uh, is fourth at 273.5. And then Iowa is number five at uh, 274.8. That's just insane. That is. <laughs> you know? All from one, four of the five from one conference. That yeah. Late in That's the crazy. year, we had also uh, Nebraska's at 13. We did have Rutgers up in the top 15. They dropped. Okay. But that that's just, you got four teams, and like you said, out of the one conference, the top three. Yeah. So that says something. I know we get upset. We haven't been able to compete the last couple of years. They've been close games. We just haven't got the wins against Michigan mm -hmm. and State. That there tells you a lot. What yeah, we're playing you're against. playing against the number two, number three nationally ranked defenses who happen to be in your same division. Yeah, but the Big Ten's always been known as a defensive conference as well. Yeah, I mean, Big Ten football. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a surprise, but it is nice to see, you know, it's holding true. What's your opinion on this, Shane? When we talked about this a couple weeks ago, you weren't on the show. Does Florida State deserve to be in the playoff, or do you think the committee got it right? Well, I, I think based on... What they look at, at least what they say, at this point, they are not one of the four best teams. I'm with you. Okay? I, I agree 100%. It's a shame, uh, but if you look what happened, you know, they're down the backup quarterback who didn't play in the ACC championship. He decided to go in the portal this week, mm -hmm. and they just are a different team. And I think they have 19 or 21 kids opting out now that won't be playing against Georgia. Yeah, 19 or 21. But, no, they, the committee got it right, you know. I thought uh, they did, too. You know, at this point, I would have to say that maybe Ohio State's better than them uh, without their quarterback. But that's just disagree. my opinion. I still disagree with both of you. It's bullshit they didn't get in. Their defense is good. They deserve the spot. The whole team isn't one player. So. Hey, if Auburn would have defended that play, then they're in. That's uh, true. Alabama's uh, one play from not being in, and I actually think Alabama will beat Michigan. So that's what I that's what I, that's <laughs> I, what I think, think too. Beats Alabama. So I think Alabama beats Michigan this year. And their one play, if Auburn defends that play, mm -hmm. you know, they're not in. So. Yeah. So who do you have in the finals then? Bama versus who? I have Bama going to play. The other matchup is Washington and Texas. Yep. It's going to be Bama against Texas. I yeah. have that rematch earlier this <laughs> A year. A week two rematch. Yeah. Then wow. I have Texas winning it all. I haven't yeah. beaten Alabama twice in the same year. Yeah. Texas winning it all. Just because I feel like, yeah, Alabama has the better coaching, obviously. You can't debate that. But just the overall team and overall talent, better quarterback, I just think that's too much for even Nick Saban. I think feel like Texas goes 2-0 against them and wins the uh, national title. I think St. Nick's going to beat them the second time around. You do? So I got the same matchup, but I think I think Nick Saban, he's going to win it again. So. Who's Washington, Michigan? I still game? think Washington, Michigan in the finals, and I think Washington wins. Yeah. Okay, That's the beauty of America. We can all have our opinions. 
but I still think both of you are wrong for saying Florida State doesn't deserve to be <laughs> it's in. It's our opinion. Oh, I agree at with you, point, but I mean, you look at the beginning of a college football season, and it's like, hey, if we want to play in the meaningful games, we got to go undefeated. Now, what do you tell your kids? Oh, we can go undefeated, but hey, if the committee, if we're not an SEC team, if we're not a Big Ten team, the committee doesn't like us, we lose our quarterback. Fuck, man. I mean, which is why. What, what's the motivation then to go out there and be undefeated to be a conference champion? Yeah, like I, I understand, you know, there was a tough game with Bama there, but still, I mean, Florida State managed to go undefeated the whole season. I don't disagree with. You. I just, I just Going think on. it's bullshit. But how this a time, undefeated conference championship. The best to get a four chance. teams on paper today, you know, December twenty eighth, they have it right. That's my opinion. So let's yeah. say Michigan playing Iowa that um, McCarty got hurt. Does Michigan deserve to be out of it? Yeah. You would say the same about Michigan. If, if Iowa. If Penix got hurt against Oregon, if is I, Washington out? Yeah, Oregon goes. If Quinn Ewers got hurt at if the they, end of the year. they lost another game, they don't make it. I'll. If, if Iowa I just think Michigan, it's so fucking petty that if you lose your quarterback, you're not in. I just think that's bullshit because the I know the quarterback's an important spot, but still, Florida State, pull up your defenses. Florida State's defense was a top-10 defense this year. Were well, they, they not? They were good. Where's I, Bama's defense on there? Tell me that. I'll tell you exactly. I, I will say the I think Florida State was seven, weren't they? Florida State, son, was 14. Okay. Alabama's 19. Okay, so better defense. What about offense? Uh, Washington. Let's see where Washington. Washington's defense is in the 30s. Don't bring Washington. Yeah, in they're a Pac-12 defense. They're a Pac-12 <laughs> team, dude. I, I think it'd be a blessing if you get them in the 30s. I don't even know if they're there. I don't think they're in the fifth, top 50. I know their offense is in the 30s. Put it this way. Texas is 24. So you got Michigan, too. You got Texas uh, that's playing on. I just told you they were 24. Yeah, uh, Florida State was 14. They got left out. Uh, I mean, I know the ACC championship game wasn't a great watch, but tell me where um, Washington. Tell me where Louisville's even, offense is, and then look how many points Florida State held them to in the Washington ACC championship. Washington is not even in the top 50. Yeah, in defense. Louisville 16. In what defense? Defense. Okay. So. And a third-string quarterback was able to beat them in the ACC championship. They have a better defense than Alabama. Yeah, but Pitt also beat them. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> you kind of got you there, James. You got me there. I I hate Pitt, so I won't say a single I, good I thing about what? Pat Narduzzi. Shit. All I want to say is Penn State is the best recruiting team in the state of Pennsylvania. We keep our guys home. Not even a debate anymore. It's no, it wasn't State even close. Way. Penn State dominated the Whippeal recruiting cycle. Which it's like Pitt, the Whippeals in Pitt's fucking backyard. You're mm-hmm. telling me you can't get the best athletes at the Whippeal to come play at Pitt? No, because they're fucking terrible. I Penn State's getting whipped their back Louisville, back to Louisville work. beat them. Uh, so if that, Louisville beats Pitt. I, no, Louisville Louis, beat Florida State in the ACC championship. I'm not going to put Louisville even in the No, I agree with you 100%, but I still think it's bullshit that the fucking committee has to have an sec team in the fucking playoffs man i mean georgia just had to win the game against bama they're in i thought if bama beat georgia which happened i don't think either of the team deserved a spot and at that point 
you have Texas in there and Florida State. I think Texas deserves to be in there because they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they were a conference champion. I know conference champion, you know, it doesn't mean much for getting in. Obviously, Penn State won a conference championship one year. And they got snubbed by Ohio State. But still, I just, I just feel it's bad faith, you know, just that the committee left Florida State out. And just for those guys to do what they did the whole season, to get up for 6 a.m., to go out and do three a days, you know, they lose a quarterback, that sucks. But, you know, that's still not their whole team. So I will say the committee, they were able to do it the way they did it this year because they're going to the 12-man playoff. So Which I, is – and I think we talked about this too, Tony, when we first started talking about, you know, the night they did the committee update. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy to think in the 10 years we've had the playoff system, this is the first time there's been ever any question, like, you know, who's the top four best teams? Because I think you could make an argument for – Anyone in the top six have gone to the playoffs. Yeah. But it's just crazy that, you know, this is the first year, and it's going to be the last year of four teams where it's like, well, you know, fifth should have probably got in or sixth probably could have got in, but now it's like there's, you know, we're not going to have this argument next year. I would go offenses. The Big Ten has one in the top 50. It's probably Michigan. Yeah. Ohio State? I was going to say Ohio State at 35. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Okay, but then you look up the top. I can't believe Ohio State's ahead of Michigan in offense. That's actually, yeah. that's, I wouldn't believe that that's, stat at all. That's yards per game, boys. That's all because of Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, I feel like Michigan just out-yarded everyone they played there this year. I feel like J.J. McCarthy had like almost, well, I mean, other than Penn State, I feel like he threw at for almost same, 200 yards every game. Michigan's a Michigan's type of, 68 at 380.5. Penn State's in front of them. 391. Penn State's tied with Illinois on the dot. 391.0. I will. 60. 60. <laughs> Total offense, yards per game. That's what I saw this year out of Michigan. That's why I don't think they didn't have that explosive running game. No. And I don't think McCarty's healthy either. You know, I saw just you. My mind came back. They got him as one of the top quarterbacks. Come on. He, he's not one of the top quarterbacks. No. I think in the style of the NFL offense, he definitely is. He can use his feet to run, and he's, I mean, at least the games I've watched Michigan, he's been pretty accurate throwing the ball. Yeah, they they talked the other day that maybe the Bears will go get Jimmy, um, Mr. Harbaugh, and his old offensive coordinator he had at Stanford and the San Francisco Roman. Oh, Greg Roman. And go to Chicago. So, But did you see that? Jimmy, $125 million over 10 years, and they said they have a clause he cannot entertain any NFL offers. Okay. Well, I, st- I still <laughs> think that whole offer is going to be pending, basically, because, one, the NCAA came out after the sign ceiling scandal saying, oh, no, Michigan's in hot water again for recruiting allegations. It wasn't the fucking cheeseburger and fries deal. So, obviously, there's still more behind there that has to play out that they're investigating. And then, could they get the death penalty? No, no, there's no, they don't deserve the death penalty. Harbaugh deserves to have some sanctions. Like, I mean, and we've already talked about what the penalties were. I'm still on board with they forfeit the win. Yeah, they lose. They, I don't think they lose scholarships, but I think they're not able to play in uh, postseason play for at least four or five years. I think that's the best way to kill a program these days. Just give them a reason not to have ad revenue. Good players aren't mm-hmm. going to go to a school where they're not going to have a chance to play in a national championship. 
yep. so Kansas' offense is 22. They were 446. So they're uh, 55 yards better than what they were this year. And with less talent, too. Yeah. So. Uh, and debatably an easier conference. Yeah. They're, I playing, mean, they're playing a lot lesser teams, I guess you In say. the Pac-12. I mean, yeah. I mean, not the Pac-12, Big 12. But yeah. they, they North North play the same style anyway. North so. Carolina here, well, they may just take the lead. Oh, they what a catch. They, they just did took it. the lead. It's 9-14. It's halftime. Halftime, okay. They, they're number four in the nation with 503.9. Yeah, but they're quarterback. Look, look, our West Virginia team putting up and win there. Let's go with Mountie. Before Dad gets too far, North Carolina is playing without 12 of their starters. Their starting quarterback, Drake May, is not playing in this game, who Drake May has been unfreaking believable this year when he has played. So mm-hmm. let's not look too far into this, but yeah. <laughs> If, uh, West Virginia with the uh, uh, opening play touchdown of the game. What was it? 75 yard strike. Straight to the house. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, final score predictions for the Ole Miss Penn State game. I know you guys are going to be down there for the game at uh, what? What's it called? The Superdome or Atlanta Stadium? Mercedes Benz Stadium. Home of the biggest Chick fil A in the country, spanning one end zone to the other end zone. <laughs> not, not 100 yards, but the width, 52 yards. Damn. Of the field, but still, just want to add that in there. Definitely, definitely going to be getting a twelve-pack nugget with some ranch dressing and some Polynesian <laughs> sauce and waffle fries. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, scoring prediction. So I see, I see this game probably going uh, Penn State's favor. Um, I I have two outcomes here. I think if Penn State's able to uh, have at least thirty minutes time of possession on offense, I think they blow out Michigan. I think they cover double digits. Um, if the defense is going to be out in the field a little bit longer, if our offense can't get things going, we got to rely on quick hitters. We might be in a higher scoring game, which I do see the spread probably hitting and covering there. Um, end of the day, I see Penn State winning this game 17 to 28, 17, maybe 30. I think Penn State scores 30 points though against Old Miss's defense. I mean, they talk them up. It's an SEC defense, but I think there's a lot of kinks in that armor that we can definitely take advantage of especially if we can get the ground game going with Singleton and Catron. I think if we can run early and often to success, I don't think this is going to be much of a contest. Okay, I like it. What do you think, Shane? Uh, Over-unders, 48.5. Penn State has 71% chance winning. I actually think AK's not just sitting back watching. I think he's going to put some wrinkles in That's this That's what I'm week. thinking. He has to, right? Yeah, he's been there long enough. Uh, D's going to be tough, let's face yeah. it, even without chop. I think we put up, uh, I'm going to go out and say we put up uh, 33 to 35 points, and I think we hold them in the 21-17 range. So it's going to be 33-35 for Penn State, 17 to 21 for Old Miss. So I think we're going to win even on the – uh, worst case, twenty-one thirty-three. Best case, thirty-five seventeen. Okay, I like it. Now I know um, my madness bed of the week, which I'll announce here after my prediction. Here, I have Penn State covering minus four and a half. Um, I'm like a Penn State dog in this game, only because Penn State they have all but a couple players uh, um, coming back and playing this game. Yes, he might be on a snap count, but I I do feel like they they have shown that their depth has been tested all year. 
they're capable of coming in, coming in big games and producing and performing well, especially on the defensive side. Um, on offense, just like you said, Shane, I feel like um, AK will have some wrinkles. Um, he's been with the team now for close to a month. He's going to have something in that offense uh, for Saturday. I'm like a pen to put up some yards, maybe not a lot of points. I do like them moving the ball up and down the field. Um, I'm going to have them winning by a score of 27 to 17. I have them winning by 10 points, actually. I feel like the defense, I mean, they might let up a couple points at the end of the game, but I feel like Penn State has this game completely in control from start to finish for a full 60 minutes. So you got 44 points. I yep. have them at basically 50. Okay. So 33-17. Yeah, and if, if Penn State's able to start stop Jackson Dart, I think they're going to have a lot of success, obviously. I think the whole offense obviously runs through the quarterback, but he's such a good dual-threat guy. I mean, he can use his legs. He can get out. we got to be able to limit his explosive playmaking ability with his legs, and hopefully by doing that, getting after him, you know, forcing him to maybe throw some iffy balls, us to be able to make plays. Obviously, turnover is the name of the game in almost every football game, but I think Penn State could come away with three-plus sacks and maybe two turnovers. So, And I think that's what the success, that's the formula that we need to get in the 30-point range. And I mm-hmm. think, like you guys both have said, 17 points is probably all Old Mets will get. So. Yeah. And the, the Penn State's defense hasn't, hasn't really faced a dual, a true dual-threat quarterback all year, if I'm not mistaken. So they haven't had it really tested. But that defensive line, they're too athletic to – you know, let that, you know, option play. And same with the linebackers as well. I mean, the linebackers, I know people wanted to give Abdul Carter a bunch of shit this year, um, you know, saying he kind of regrets, but he still has sideline to sideline playmaking capabilities. That's one of the biggest things with a dual threat quarterback is who's the linebacker that's spying on him. He wasn't asked to be that playmaking type linebacker. You know what I mean? He was just like, they had too many athletes on defensive line Mm -hmm. for him to make tackles for loss, sacks and stuff like that. He was that true like kind of like middle, like off-ball linebacker, where he was more out in coverage because, you know, you had guys who could stop the run, who could stop the quarterback, you know, in the backfield. You need him to do everything. No, exactly. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, we talked about Tom Allen, but I I think, um, I forget what the article was I was reading, but Tom Allen basically said he's going to make Abdul Carter just Micah Parsons 2.0. Like okay. He's going to make sure this guy's getting in there, getting his sacks, mm-hmm. you know, being an aggressive playmaker. So, you know, I like seeing them hiring a coach. I know I was said I was skeptical about it, but I like when he comes in and he's saying, you know, we're going to make Abdul Carter a guy. So, yeah. you know, at least there's some motivation there. And like, you know, Dad kind of touched on, he's a good players coach. And I think him going out there and, you know, not even coaching the team yet, just saying, oh, this guy, we're going to make him a dog. Like, it's a good way to build locker room chemistry. It's like, oh, we have a coach that believes in our guys. And he mm-hmm. hasn't even, like, I know he's seen him play on film and stuff being the coach at Indiana. But he doesn't know them that well. He's not friends with them. And him coming on the mic, not really attesting to anything else, just saying that I think it's good positive indication for what's to come. Yeah. We had three shutouts this year. Uh, Most shutouts since when? There's only been, I think, one other time Penn State had a three, three shutout team, and that was like in the 80s or 70s, which is kind of crazy. That's that's a quarter of your games in a season for shutouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. impressive. The, the most points we gave up this year was 24 twice. IU had them two fake, you know, broken down. The and, broke plays, yeah. And, you know, Michigan, who you're talking up to win the Natty here this year. I did not say they'd win the Natty. I said they beat Alabama, they would lose the Washington. 24-15, we lost to them. 
you know, didn't really move the ball. Hell, they ran, what, every play the second half. He yeah. didn't throw the ball once. Yep. Out in Columbus, it was dismal. We watched the worst coaching effort I ever saw in my life. 20 to 12 there. So, you know, defense is key. And if you look at Old Miss, Old Miss is Mr. Offense. Okay. Um, if you look at their record this year, they're 10 and 2. But let's look what they've done. Uh, they put up a lot of points. Okay. Given up, let's just see what they've given up across the board. LSU put 49 on them. They won 55-49. Just looking down. With LSU having probably the best offense in the history of college football. I mean, second Uh, to Joe Burrow. Yeah. But they they beat them. They beat A&M 35-38. A&M wasn't a good team this year either. A&M Georgia, lost. Georgia pounded them 52-17. Uh, so the teams, you know. What did they be- do against Bama? Bama, 24-10. Lost. So I think we win, like I said, by 33-17, you know, 21-33. I think we all picked them to win by double digits, right? So, so yeah, I think we'll see. And the good thing, now they've had a hell of a portal. They got, like, one of the top defensive players away from A&M. Lane Kiffin is killed in the portal. Yeah, yeah, he's probably the top dog uh, pulling out of the portal. Even even beating the god Coach Prime in Boulder, Colorado. So, it's interesting to see. That'll show going Lane Kiffin. Now, transfer portal candidate uh, Kyle McCord from Ohio State, did he land a new school yet, or is he still undecided? Syracuse. 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 He was at the bowl game where they got shut out the other night. Syracuse lost. They took a photo of him. He looked so depressed. (laughs) So, uh, he didn't end up at Nebraska. But, of all places, his dad probably chose Syracuse. So, but they got beat the other night. It's going to be something to see Ohio State's quarterback situation next year. Because I feel like they put all their chips on Kyle McCord this year, knowing that he'd be there for at least another two years. Um, but now that he kind of underperformed, well, really underperformed last year, he's gone. And you'd think if they had anybody better, they would have started them over McCord. So, you know, yeah. they got beat 45 to nothing by USF. Who? Syracuse. Damn. Well, you gotta you gotta think too. Whoever Ohio State gets from the transfer portal, how much pressure's on him to do good? Because Listen, are they getting somebody from transfer portal, or do you think they'll go like did they recruit somebody in the recruiting class? I mean, at this freshman, at this point, I don't think they have a recruit coming in that's going to push the starter. I mean, a lot of the noise has been that Ward guy out of Oak State. Where, where's the Ward guy from? You mean the guy there now? Oregon State. Oregon State's quarterback. Let me see real quick. I need to look up his oh, name. He, he came. Oregon State guy. He, he went from Clemson to play there. It's Oklahoma State's quarterback then, isn't it? I don't think they got him from Clemson. And that's a rumor that's going to be official here pretty soon. Yeah, when did they shut down that portal thing? I think that was like Transfer portal of Missouri's playing like that's like their Super 
The 2023-24 college football transfer portal window closes on January 2nd, 2024. So it's, it's approaching quickly. Yeah, after this weekend. The 30-day window starts the day after the four college football playoff teams are selected. And then there's a spring window from April 15th to the 30th. Which makes sense because that's around where everyone has their uh, inter-squad scrimmage games. So uh, Missouri-Ohio State plays Friday Yeah, I feel like Missouri, they wouldn't have a lot of guys opt out. They should be fielding a, at least a relatively uh, full full team compared to the regular season. Iowa State, I mean, Harrison it's Washington, yeah, Harrison Washington State's quarterback, Cameron Ward. Okay. That's what I had to look up. I knew he was out there. I thought it was Oregon State, but it's Washington State. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, you know, we all have Penn State winning, so hopefully, you know, we get some bragging rights. First time playing in the Peach Bowl, maybe winning it, and then becoming the only college football team that won every New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, that's pretty. You're Im- there to witness history. That's potentially. that's pretty impressive to do that. So, and there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other teams too that are like one big bowl away from being able to say that. Mm-hmm. Like Ohio State's one of them. I think they need like an Orange Bowl win. And I know Alabama and Georgia both are on that list. There's like nine, nine or ten teams that are on that list. Mm-hmm. So. It's just crazy that no one's done it yet. Especially since you think, I mean, when did they start playing like the the Rose Bowl and all these bowl games? James, you being older than us. Oh, the Rose Bowl. But like the Sugar Bowl and all that stuff, it's been around since the '40s or how long? '60s. Okay. I mean, if you think about that, you know, just say, let's just say it's the 60s, theoretically, mm-hmm. without going on the internet to supplement this argument. But in 60 years, having one team win them all, I mean. That's impressive. I mean, that's just crazy to me that that's even a thing. Like, another team hasn't been able to do it yet. And you think about, mm-hmm. like, Alabama's been good for 60 years. Mm-hmm. Michigan's been good for 60 years. Ohio State's been good yeah. for 60 years. I mean, Penn State's been a good team for yeah. 60 years as well. Don't get me wrong. It does make sense, though, because the longest time, let's say you're the bowler in the Big Ten, you always went to the Rose Bowl. Same for the Pac-12. You're the winner of that conference. You always played in the Rose Bowl, too. And, like, so different conferences, if you're a conference winner, you have your um, uh, already allotted bowl, like, mm-hmm. big bowl game there. And I think that's, like, a big thing with Alabama and Georgia and them. I think it's, like, they haven't won a Rose Bowl or something. Yeah, because they never get a chance to play in the Because they don't bowl. get a chance to play in it, exactly. Yeah. But, um you know, you think about the powerhouse program that Pitt is with nine national championships, dude. <laughs> and they've only played in maybe three New Year's Six Bowl games. So. Yeah. I just like talking shit on Pitt. I mean, hell, they won five of their nine before World War II even started. Yeah. I mean, they won three college national championships before the conclusion of World War One. They had leather helmets back when they were exactly, playing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The game was so much different. Pitt sucks. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. All you Pitt listeners out there, go find another fucking podcast <laughs> to listen to because you're not welcome here. Oh, well, An interesting stat of the bowl games. Texas State played Rice, and the fans consumed all of the beer at Gerald J. Ford Stadium just five minutes into the third quarter. So that was an interesting stat. Thirsty they, crowd. They, they, out, they outdrank. <laughs> All the beer. Is it rice in Texas? Yeah. So it's two Texas teams. It was a serve bro first responder bowl, 45 to 21. So that was an interesting tidbit from uh, Brad Koontz. He sent me today. I thought that was enjoyable. That's cool. (laughs) 
So here's a Steeler talk for today. Uh, yeah, they won last Saturday against the Bengals. Mason Rudolph looked pretty good. Um, I don't think we're gonna de- we're gonna go into the Steelers here. It's just gonna be a Penn State podcast today. Um, I'm I don't know about you guys. I'm tired talking about the Steelers. I mean, they're just not even noteworthy to talk about anymore. I told you last week, Cody. I'm good if we never talk about the Steelers <laughs> for the rest of this season. So I'll say the same thing. I mean. There's a question mark in the air right now about his starting quarterback. I don't even know why it's a question. I, if you're going to start Mason Rudolph this week, they're fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, maybe you let Kenny ride it out and just say, hey, do we really need to go after a quarterback in the draft or not? Yeah. But, I mean, after the performance Mason Rudolph had, I mean, hell, we haven't scored 30 points since 2021, and <laughs> he did it pretty easy. Fucking George Pickens looked like all pro caliber, caliber with him. Yep. And it was, I think it's funny, too, because today they interviewed Tomlin saying, you know, what, 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 what's different with George Pickens? Like Tomlin said, the most obvious answer that we've been screaming all year, we got him the ball. Yeah. Like, holy shit, if, you do, if the guy runs a five-yard slant, we could throw him a pass and let him run with it? Let him make a play. Kenny has just been inconsistent all year. I yeah. mean, how many times have we seen Kenny, in, other than it being a fucking sideline, 10-yard, back-to-the-sideline route where he has to go out of bounds? How many times have we hit George Pickens where in the middle of the field where he has room to make a play? I can name one other time, and he ran that same fucking play for a touchdown, too. Against Cleveland. Against Cleveland, exactly. So, like you said, um, I don't know. I don't really warrant talking about the Steelers too much. They have a matchup with Seattle this week. It's at Seattle, correct? Yep. Yeah, I don't see them winning that game. Um, I know there's a lot of, you know, kind of iffy going out in Seattle. I know Seattle, are they're still hunting for a spot in the playoff, I think. Yeah, they're I, both eight and seven. Yeah, so Seattle has a good chance of ma- getting a playoff spot. Um, at this point, I don't want to see the Steelers get a playoff spot, so. I'm with you. Um, I think the Steelers win this week. It, it, it's the season what could have been, mm-hmm. and don't be surprised. I mean, you can see If that. the Ravens sit everybody in week 18, don't be surprised. And – uh, our boy Mike goes 10, 10 and uh, seven. Seven. I don't see that happening. Okay. I'll I'll put money that Steelers lose their next two games, mm-hmm. even with Baltimore resting their starters. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I think Baltimore now with that win the other night. If you look at the standings, uh, who's Baltimore got this weekend? I think it's Miami, right? Yeah, Baltimore has a Miami this week. If they beat Miami, they clinch the number yeah. one seed. So. Yeah. They're going to rest them come 18, and where's that last game at, Baltimore? It's at Baltimore. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me, you know. The Baltimore-Stiller game's always a rival, so. Yeah, but you have the Colts who are ahead of them. You have the Texans who are ahead of them. We won't get in at at 10 and 7. Cleveland's 10 and 5. No, I don't think we get in, but. I could see us winning. Yeah, I, we I, I we need we help. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's banged up. You know, they're banged up. I mean, they're playing Devin Bush for crying out loud yeah. on defense. <laughs> so, so if you look at Seattle's story since you brought it up, you guys said we weren't going to talk. Don't be surprised. I, I think they win this weekend in Seattle. I mean, I don't see it happening, but I, I'm more interested in the offseason now. Like, who's going to be their new O.C.? Will they go get a new DC? Hell, will they? Will, Tom, will Tomlin? Because they'll never fire Tomlin. But will Tomlin resign? Be like, hey, you know, I've had enough, or um, he only has one more year in his deal. Uh, will he come back next year without an extension? And this is essentially his last year of the Steelers. Uh, 
uh, speaking about next year. Uh, a lot of unknowns um, with the Steelers right now, but um, I'm more interested in that and uh, free agency coming up in March and the draft in April. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to now because even the Steelers make the playoffs. They're just going to get trounced like they have been the past few years mm-hmm. if, when they've gotten the wild card round. Yep. This has been a wild NFL season. It has been. You have the top. You have no. You have no clear-cut MVP candidate. Not any noteworthy season-long performances for MVP candidate. I mean, yeah, you have Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill, um, where they've been studs on their teams. But Tyreek Hill had a chance to break the all-time receiving yards record, which if he would have done that, he uh, he probably would have been the front runner for MVP this year. But he got hurt the past couple games, uh, so he's probably not going to reach the 2,000-yard mark. Uh, McCaffrey, he's had a very good year, helping win a couple fantasy leagues in the finals because of him in a couple leagues. But as far as, like, an MVP caliber worthy, I don't feel like he's been it. And the quarterbacks, you have Mahomes struggling. You have Josh Allen who struggled part of the year. You have Purdy who now who's thrown four picks in the game against Baltimore last Monday. Uh, so you really don't have any clear-cut MVP candidates this year either. Quarterbacks, uh, our boy down in Baltimore has had a good year, and Baker, Baker, Baker's been solid down in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he should be come back. You know what sucks? He should be coming. Joe Flacco's going to get it for playing for a month. Joe Flacco's not going to get it, and you know, you want to know who's going to get it? Fucking Demar Hamlin's going to get it. Hasn't played what one snap? He played three snaps this whole season, and he's going to get it because he almost died last year on the field, and that's absolute. I know Joe Flacco's come back and he's looked good, but fuck, Baker was written off by the Browns. He got picked up last year, did a little bit in L.A., and then he goes to Tampa this year, and he has them in a spot to win their division right now. Eight and seven, the number one in the South. Exactly. I, I don't understand how Baker can't be the only discussion point for a comeback player of the year at this point. And right now they're scheduled to play Philly in the playoffs. The playoffs started today. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm telling you what, the Eagles have been struggling. Tampa Bay with that offense and Baker, who's hot, would you pick – I mean – I don't think you'd be, um, you'd be you'd be grasping at straws to pick the Buccaneers in that game. No. I'm I'm just so glad after 16 weeks, I don't have to make another pick in my killer pool. 1,292 people. Uh, me and my buddy Terry Shank closed it out last week. We won it. We were the sole survivor. Uh, 16 weeks, picking a winner. Pick them once, you're done, and uh, you could only pick against. A team twice, so we closed it out. Uh, Belichick helped us the other night. Uh, we we're down to three people, and those two guys took Denver, and the Patriots oh. beat them. We we took Green Bay, but the last three weeks have been insane. I won. We won the other week, Baltimore overtime. The Rams, the run back punt. Yep. Then I was down in Hilton Head, took Cincinnati. They won in overtime. Yep. And. Uh, what an accomplishment. I've been in this killer pool out of Trenton, New Jersey. It had 1,292 entries. Been in it. Brandon asked me how long. I went back in the computer. Uh, we were putting teams in the computer in 2007. And before that, a good three years, we sent in our picks Thursday nights. So it's just grown. It's unbelievable. Wow. But That's any, anybody interested in an awesome killer pool, uh, hit JD up. Listen to the podcast. I can get you in next year. So I'm definitely. I think I told you that before. I'm definitely yeah, in next Black year. Oak Ridge Pub Boys winner this year. So I'm gonna get a little poster made with that final 16 weeks. So I don't have to pick another game. I'm so happy. <laughs> there you go. I That's have awesome a li- I have a little system, Tony. 
and I, I spent a lot of time at it, and it worked out pretty good. Maybe when we turn recording off, you'll have to let me have some of your tips there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all righty, well, I'm going to get to uh, my madness bet of the week here. Still, I think we've been doing this for five weeks now. have not hit a Still single been bet yet. winless. Here's the thing, though. We are doing pretty you know, heavy odds bets here. Um, as Shane gets a call here. Uh, I have uh, six-leg parlay, uh, plus 4,612 odds. I have Notre Dame money line against Oregon State. I have Penn State minus four and a half against Ole Miss, like we just talked about earlier. Detroit money line plus two fifteen against the Cowboys, a team who has been struggling as of late. Uh, the Cowboys are playing Dallas Cowboy Cowboy football here in late December, early January. I like the Lions in that game. I have them money line. Arizona plus ten and a half against a struggling Eagles team. Uh, they really couldn't close out the Giants game. They kept them. They kept the Giants in that game. Uh, even when they were up by a couple scores. Um, I like Arizona covering 10.5. Over 44.5 against Alabama and Michigan. Like, that was a line you have to take the over on. And then uh, I'm taking Texas money line over at Washington, uh, minus 184. So that's a 4,612. Six-leg parlay, $10 wins me 461. Nice bet. Good bet. Good bet. So I think that is the only madness bet of the week so if you're feeling like that's a winner uh just put a little five or ten dollars on it that yeah. won't kill you that much i didn't do a bet because i wanted to do an all penn state bet and they weren't doing player props at this point so i guess that's something that happens closer to the game but uh yeah maybe we'll put that on our facebook and uh facebook page yeah potentially maybe all the youtube plus viewers out there can have this fucking idea <laughs> so. um but yeah no good Best of luck, Tony. I still am betting against you on two of those bets, so I don't think your bet will hit. But which ones are you betting against? Um, obviously the one with. Oh yeah, Michigan. Michigan and what in Texas? Or Michigan and Alabama. Michigan, you took Alabama. Well, no, for as as, as a bet, I just took the over forty four and a half. Oh, in that and game. then Texas, you took Texas though, Mike. Yeah, over yeah, Washington. Okay, so I disagree with that. Okay, That's what I disagree with. Tanner's be very disappointed if he hears this. Well, I. <laughs> I don't think Texas belongs in the playoffs, but that's another day. But <laughs> still, I still think Washington. Beats so them. what's your bet? Do you have to take six? Or well, we do it at least a four-leg. Four yeah, leg. at least a four-leg. Okay. And we're not going to sit here and wait for you to come well, up no, with Well, no, I bet. got it. Okay, cook your bet up, Take Shane. Take Cleveland over the Jets' money line tomorrow night. Uh-huh. Okay. Blacko throwing a touchdown pass. One touchdown? One touchdown. Okay. And then McCafferty scoring a touchdown against Washington on Sunday. And Baker throwing a touchdown against New Orleans. And hell, throw Jalen Hurts with the push-push touchdown against Arizona. There's five. And uh, what's the $10 bet payout? I don't know. I didn't plug it in yet, if you want to plug it in. And take Penn State money line. Okay, I like that. Ten dollar okay. bet wins? Question mark? Question mark? I'll I'll put it mark. in. I I didn't know to prepare how long. I oh, told you. <laughs> today. I had to go buy some cars today. I so. told you as you sat in the back seat when I drove us there. Hey, you need to come up with a four bet parlay. You okay. do that. It, Same as I told him six thirty, Tony. I feel like everything I say goes in one ear out the other. I dropped you off at the house five fifty five and said, hey. Okay. Do what you oh, need to do. Yeah. We want to start want, the show at 6. You want me to put it in here quick? So, you yeah. Don't I mean, you can, but you don't have to. Okay. I'm going to bet it, though, just since I said it. Well, I mean, that's the point of the Montreal Madness bet. You have to bet it. 
Yeah, I'll bet it here, and then I'll tell you, Tony, you can ask the next person who has the card I mean, money uh, line. I'm just going to take a shot right now and say it's not hitting because none of our bets have hit yet. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> we've done pro- We've probably combined between everyone who's been on the show and done this bet. We have to be at least at $150 in total bets and not hit a single one. Remember the other year I hit on a 24 leg, and this year I hit on a 16. Now, I take all favorites, money line. Heavy favorites, heavy Yeah, and I've hit, but still, but I do it every week. Hey, money's A lot of times they don't hit, so it's tough. I mean, if betting, oh, what a Fucking play there by number eight. Interception by West watch Virginia. This, watch this replay. Sorry, guys, to break up the whole podcast, but this is absolutely insane. Three turnovers already by the Tar Heels with their uh, backup quarterback playing. Going to be starter next year. I hope they re-show this play so Tony and Dad can react to it. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this play. Watch this play. Quarterback gets the ball, rolls to his left, looks to his right. Throws a little duck That's to mine. the tight end. And That's the, mine. One-handed grab. defensive lineman, what it looks like. No, he's the outside. outside he's an outside linebacker. Okay. Look at this grab. Look at these hands, bro. Boom. One-handed. Give me. They even used the other arm. What Didn't need play. to. He just bombed that. What a play. Shout out to the Mountaineers. Looks like Let's go. Mountaineers. 17-10. Uh, start of the third quarter. Good start. Should be a penalty. What are you using, Shane Fandle? Player total passing yards. Yeah, you just put a half. You want to do over a half. You said Jalen anytime scorer, C Mac anytime scorer, Baker to Baker throw, a touchdown. Field, throw a touchdown. Yeah. And then Penn State money line. That's going to be plus. Seven thirty. Ten dollar bet wins a thousand. I had bucks. I had uh, McCafferty touchdown. Anytime. Yes. Yep. I can't put it in. Oh, touchdown scored. I can't put that in. Well, to be determined on that. To be determined on Shane's we'll, bet. We'll get these bets in, and we'll show them on the social media pages, and we'll have them out to you guys here shortly. Uh, one more thing before we close up here, just uh, happening in sports. Um, definitely, I want to give a shout-out to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Uh, first division win first in how long? Divisional, division win in 30 years. And, you know, when Dan Campbell was hired to be the coach of the Lions, I remember his press conference. Um, you know, he talked about they want to be a bunch of fighters, you know. Mm-hmm. They want to be the last one standing. They might get punched. They might get kicked. But at the end of the day, they're going to punch back. They're going to kick back. They're going to do what they need to do. A lot of people mocked him. A lot of people said, you know, this isn't what the Detroit Lions need right now. Yeah. They thought he was going to be kind of a joke. He was too emotional. And look who's fucking laughing now. And I thought it was pretty cool. I was watching it um, earlier on ESPN. Um, you know, they were in the locker room, and Dan Campbell stood up there and said, I want all the OGs to come up here and if you don't remember, Dan Campbell was a coach on the Lions team before. He was a defensive coach, I believe. Um, and he brought all and the a player for him too. And a end. player, yeah. And he brought up, uh, you know, all the guys that's been with the team forever, and just an organization that you know just had some heartbreaking losses. I mean, last year in general, how many one point, you know, one score losses did they have? I think they led the NFL. Yeah. But um, 
just nice to see him bring all those guys up there and said, you know, you boys, you came out here and you played for these guys. They've mm-hmm. been here. They've been grinding. They've been doing what they've had to do, and they have not seen success. And it's, you know, it's nice to see the Lions finally did it. So. And he was part of that 0-16 team as well. Yeah, he so. was a coach on that team. So that's why yeah. he brought all the OGs up there to say these guys stuck it out, and, you know, we did it, guys. And just want to give him a huge congratulations. Um. I've always been a fan of the Lions. Um, I know they haven't always been the best team, but, you know, hats off to you, Dan Campbell, coming out and just doing an excellent job. I think, without a doubt, he should be NFL Coach of the Year. Oh, hands down. I don't think there's another coach in the NFL that even should be in the consideration for it. Just might as well give him the award now. Yep. And, uh, wait, I just – oh, yeah. Of, of all the fan bases in the NFL, that's the most deserving fan base for them to you know, host yeah. a playoff game. For them to be able to wa- not only one host a playoff game, but um, you know, just to have postseason football in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I know the Browns. Everyone mocked the Browns there for a while, but the Lions had a worse you know playoff drought than the Browns did yeah. at one point. Browns so. fan base is trash too. Yeah, exactly. Plus, but plus nine hundred Baker to get uh, comeback player, which he he won't. Demar Hamlin's like a twelve hundred minus twelve hundred favorite to win it because it's not fair. It's in. all because the guy had a heart attack on the field. I and I don't want to say it. you know obviously it's a bad thing to say, but dude played three snaps this season. Have a special award for him or something like that. Make something M- up. Make give the, him something. Make the Demar Hamlin Courage Award and give it to fucking him yeah. this year, and then give it to some other player that got fucking hurt. And they, Baker Mayfield deserves the comeback player yeah, of the year. That's a joke. It's a joke. It's going to go to Demar Hamlin because the NFL is that woke. So I just it should be between. I'm not going to say any. Bro. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to bring more politics in. But I just think it's bullshit. Demar Hamlin's going to win that. It should be between Flacco and Mayfield as the front runners for comeback player of the year, in my opinion. Maybe you can spare Glenn Stafford there because he had the injuries last year. You could stuff. you could throw Stafford in the argument. Um, it, should be, it should be a two headed race though right now. But. Yeah, I think oh, I don't even think it should be a two headed race. I think it should be Baker Mayfield. Like I don't think it's a question. You know, we're talking about a guy who was a starter for the Browns for four seasons, literally got kicked to the her- curb for freaking Deshaun Watson, who now looking at it, the biggest flop in the history of any sports of his trade. Yeah. Guy can't stay healthy and he can't stop coming on people's back. So I mean at the end of the day, it's just it's it's mind blowing that Baker had to fight for a spot. They kick him out. He had to back up and Stafford got hurt last year. Only played what, two games, I think, for the Rams. Yeah, as an as an emergency quarterback. As an emergency signing. And then this year to be on a team, a team that a lot of people didn't really think was gonna be because coming into this year, everyone thought the New Orleans Saints was just gonna run yeah, away yep. run away with the NFC South. That's what everyone was saying. And here come, you know, week sixteen, uh what is it, week seventeen yeah, actually. Week now. 17 come week up. come week seventeen here. You know, Baker has them in first place. Mm-hmm. And if he can win out, he has them a chance to well, I mean they what, they just gotta win this week because they play New Orleans, right? I believe I'm pretty sure they the play New here. Orleans. Is the Falcons still in the running too? I think they're six and eight. Yeah, I, the Falcons eight. have a losing record. And who do the Falcons have? Who do the Falcons play this week? They play the Bears, I think. Pretty sure they play the Bears. NFL schedule week 17. Let's see here. Um, Falcons play the Bears. Yep. Uh, Saints play the Buccaneers. Yeah, so that's that's essentially going to decide who wins the NFC championship or the divisional. Yeah, so if Baker wins that game, he's a quarterback 
was not a starter last year, came to a starting team, and won their conference. How do you not give Comeback Player of the Year to that? Yeah. Not really any exciting games this week other than Dolphins-Ravens as far as, like, high-stakes games. I mean, you have Lions-Cowboys. All right, so there's about two marquee games this week. And that's two playoff it. matchups. Two playoff matchups. Yeah, yeah, other than that, these matchups this week are really not entertaining to say the least. Yeah, Saints Fox, uh Lions-Cowboys, and then Ravens-Dolphins. The rest are, like you said, snooze fests. So, Philly, that's an easy week, though, where your bets come alive, though, where, like, you don't have, like, if when you have those weeks, there's so many games where you have so many different potentials of, you know, one game going this way, another game going that way. There's a lot of heavy favorites week 17, so hopefully uh, one of these parlays cooks up. Yep. But, no, with that being said, uh, I think that would be a wrap for today's episode. Uh, thank you, Shane and JD, for coming on. And until next time, hope everyone has a happy new year, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace, everyone.